what amazed me is looking at these the history of these family businesses is their resilience despite facing a series of serious economic social and political crises Norske bedrifter upplever en krävande och tung tid. Vad ska du som äger av en bedrift göra nå? Hvordan har familjebedrifter klart att komma sig igenom kriser tidigare? Du hører på alla första episoder av I familjen, en podcastserie om det att äga en bedrift, laget av Family Business Norway. Jag heter Christian Lydemarstrander och är er selv tredje generations i Isola. Och som alla andra så står vi mitt upp i en väldigt allvarlig situation akkurat nu. Och därför så är er det naturligt att denna första episoden handlar om det och äga en bedrift i krisetider. John Lermont har jobbat mycket med familjebedrifter och speciellt sett på hvordan europeiska familjebedrifter klarte sig genom en annan stor krise, andra världskrig. John fant da syv fellestrekk ved familiebedrifter som klarte sig gjennom krigen. Syv egenskaper ved familiebedrifter som gör dem ekstra motstandsdyktige i krisetider. Og nå vil John Lermanth dele disse punktene med dig. Straks så skal du få høre når John Lermanth prate sammen med Elisabeth Bagger, som er daglig leder i Institute of Family Business, Family Business Norway sin britiske søsterorganisation. Alex Scott, han är er styremedlem i Family Business Network International och från Norge deltar Simone Möxter, daglig leder i Family Business Norway. Ordstyrer för praten är er Russ Hayworth. Han lager till vanlig The Family Business podcast. Alla fem sitter nå klara på vart sitt hemmakontor och husk, hvis det är er nog ikke du får med dig, så kommer jag att uppsummera på slutten de viktigaste punkterna på hvordan en familiebedrift kan klare sig gjennom kriser. Da setter jeg over til Russ Hayworth i England, og så høres vi igen helt på slutten av denne episoden. Well, hello and welcome to uh, this episode. Today I am joined by uh, Simone, Elizabeth, Alex and John. And so we are uh, sort of coming together to, to look at what history can teach us around how families in business can react to crises. Uh, now, rather than me introduce everybody, uh, we're going to go um, and have introductions from everyone um, individually. So, Simone, if you want to kick us off and give a little bit of information as to who you are and um, your role in, in Norway. Yes. My name is uh, Simon Maxter, and I'm working as Managing Director for Family Business Norway, the Norwegian chapter of Family Business Network. Family Business Norway is younger than IFB. Uh, we turned five years this September, but we are, have an active um, network with 115 member companies and 20 fam, 25 annual events. The role in family, family businesses in our two countries are quite similar. So I think it's interesting that we're having this joint discussion about crisis. Uh, when I read the IFB state of the nation and compared with Norwegian numbers, um, 
In the UK, 85 out of all businesses are family owned, while in Norway, the number is 17%. Uh, in both the countries, uh, the family businesses are slightly smaller than non-family businesses. Uh, and in both the countries, uh, the family businesses are in all industries across the country. So we can truly see that, say that um, the family businesses are the backbone of the economy in both of our countries. Uh, it all happened really fast uh, the last couple of weeks when Norway to totally locked down the 12th of, uh, of March. And when I hear with our, uh, our members how the situation has affected them, some report that there is a total drop of, uh, of income and, uh, due to cancellation and there's no new orders coming in. They have operational challenges due to restrictions and some of them cannot stay open. Uh, we have a weak currency in, uh, in Norway, which is also affecting us. Uh, since, uh, since the start of the year, uh, our currency has dec uh, depreciated with more than 20%. So for all our members, depending on importing raw material, material this is a dramatic drop, obviously. Uh, and the cost of, of operating is, uh, is increasing for many. Shortage of cash would be a challenge. For many businesses, so to manage the cash and forecast, forecast liquidity is the focus area. Thank you. Uh, and we're also joined by um, Elizabeth um, Bagger. Elizabeth, if you wanted to, um, again, it, uh, introduce yourself and, and perhaps share some views from the members from the um, UK family business. Thank you, Ross, and thank you, Simon. Uh, so we see ourselves as the voice and the heart of family business here in, in the UK. We're obviously a membership body part of FBN Global, just like um, FBN Norway. And we really bring people together to learn and share with them from each other. And are you hearing similar stories from members in the UK to um, what Simone was saying about uh, those in, in Norway? The challenges being faced are, are pretty universal at the moment. And across I think the they board. are. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all in the same boat. Mm for the first time in a lifetime for most of us. Yeah, thank you. Um, Alex, um, perhaps you could give our audience a brief introduction to um, who you are and, and what you're seeing uh, happening at the moment. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you, Russ. So it's Alex Scott. Uh, I'm a fourth generation business owner. Um, I'm also a co-founder of the IFB in the UK and a director of the FBN International. So um, deeply committed to the success of families uh, and obviously in the context of the crisis we're going through, uh, the, the more we can talk about this, the more we can share experiences, the more we can learn from each other, the better. And that is, that is a position that, that uh, the FBN and its various chapters are, are ideally positioned to help. Thank you. Um... And John, we're going to be hearing um, more about an, an article that you've written that draws parallels from how um, family um, businesses and, and family investment companies have um, responded in previous crises, and in, in particular the Second World War. But before we get into the detail of that, perhaps an overview of um, your background and, and um, who, who you are, please. Uh, yes, thanks, Ross. Uh, so my name is John Learmonth. Um, I founded a company called Camden Publishing in 1987. Um, and then at the end of the 90s, we organized the first conference in Europe for family officers. 
from there we developed uh, a range of publications and and conference activity for family offices family businesses we launched a, a family business magazine uh, in association with fpn and then for the last uh, almost three years i suppose i've been researching european family investment companies Great, thank you. Um, and for those um, listeners who may be hearing my voice for the first time, a little introduction to me as well. Um, I'm Russ Hayworth. I'm a family business consultant with the Family Business Consultancy. Um, I am also the host of the Family Business Podcast. Um, and so we are uh, sort of coming together to, to look at what history can teach us around how families in business can react to crises. Um, as we mentioned, John has written an article which has um, quite a lot of detail on this. Um, we're going to give an introduction to, to the article and then discuss the various points um, amongst us to, to try and provide some really useful practical um, guidance for families who are facing this unprecedented um, crisis. Um, John, do you want to sort of jump into your um, sort of precy of the article and then we can um, sort of bounce around some ideas after that? Sure. Um, well, as I mentioned, uh, for the last uh, three years almost, I've been researching European family investment companies. Uh, but what amazed me is looking at these the history of these family businesses is their resilience um, and how many family businesses have managed to survive and, and indeed prosper despite facing a, a series of serious economic, social and political crises. Um, that made me think about what today's family businesses struggling with coronavirus can learn from past experience. You know, what are the takeaways? What are the messages from the history of family business crisis management? Um, I mean, as, as someone who studied history at university, I know very well that history never repeats itself exactly. But I do know that the present can often be seen as imitating the past. So I'm a firm believer in the value of the lessons of history. Um, and clearly, many politicians, certainly here in the UK, have said that the coronavirus is the most serious crisis we face since the Second World War. Um, but they are both very similar in they are profoundly disruptive and largely unexpected, and they're you know, global crises, and leaving businesses and individuals very much buffeted by forces outside of their control. So I think it is very valid to look at the histories of family businesses which survived the Second World War. The research for this article is the database we built of European family investment companies. As a very brief background, uh, we define European family investment company, what we call a FIC, as I quote, a European EU plus EFTA family owned or controlled company actively investing directly in and managing a portfolio of businesses and assets. So, we identified 358 FICs headquarters across 31 countries. They have an average total assets of 5.8 billion euros each and a median of 1.6 billion. Um, so from the sample, uh, I look for three things. You know, what each family group was doing immediately before the Second World War, what happened to them during the war and how they recovered afterwards. Um, and even with our relatively small sample, uh, some common takeaways, some common messages for the, the, today's family businesses emerge very strongly. And for the purposes of, of my article in this podcast, I've focused on what I feel are the seven most important. For example, one takeaway 
uh, is entrepreneurship. And here I define entrepreneurship as we do in our report, as I quote, the ability to grasp new opportunities and get involved in new businesses generally, not just startups. So it's a fairly broad term I use for entrepreneurship. So the fix I looked at, uh, I feel showed entrepreneurship in three different ways as they faced the crisis of the Second World War. So the first way they show entrepreneurship, they showed entrepreneurship is, is flexibility. So this ability to adapt quickly to new crisis environment. And I saw several examples of that in, in the companies I looked at. And obviously today, we are already seeing that, you know, we are seeing distillers making hand sanitizer, not gin, you know, uh, fashion houses making face masks, not haute couture. So we're already seeing that. The second uh, takeaway I saw, I saw uh, in, under entrepreneurship is, is the way families were planning now for tomorrow. So even in the crisis, they, they were thinking, what's going to happen after the crisis? So one example of this for my research was um, in 1944, uh, the then chairman of the Kayser family business, Bertie Rotherick, even in 1944, before the war has ended, um, he's ordering new ships. And this is a family that during the Second World War lost over half his ships in the conflict. So even before the end of the war, he's ordering new ships. And the Kayser family now control the listed Vic Caledonia, who I'm sure will be familiar to many of you. Um, at around the same time, 1944, he was also speaking publicly about the future potential of air transport, a business which, which the family subsequently got into in the 1950s. The third example of uh, entrepreneurship is, is the ability to see opportunity in adversity. Um, and certainly the research showed very clearly how family groups seized opportunities after the war, especially in the whole area of rebuilding. Okay. Alex, would you agree? Well, I think John's comment is interesting. Uh, and I think it does uh, make it very clear that advantage can come from crisis but of course everybody right now has to focus on the short term um it was it must have been only as the war evolved and people could begin to think about the end that they could begin to plan for the end right now everybody will be focusing on on survival so i i, I take that i think opportunity will come from this but i think also engaging with um Gauging and understanding and taking advantage from the various uh, um, government departments that are seeking to help businesses uh, will be the critical work that's going on right now. Thank you. Elizabeth, have you got anything that you wanted to add on that? Thank you. And I'd agree with Alex that it's very much about the here and the now, how we respond in this present moment. And I think it's also worth bearing in mind that this is a human crisis, there's an emotional component to all of this. If we can focus on really supporting each other through this as human beings, then I think we'll be so much more prepared to pick things up again when we do get to the other side of this, whenever that might be. John, what, uh, you mentioned there were seven points within your um, mm. report, and um, entrepreneurship being the uh, the first one. It's the first, and it's not this. I mean, it's not necessarily an order priority. I mean, mm. the one I list at number seven, but perhaps should be the first, is is perseverance. Um, and and you know, I quote Winston Churchill. You know, kept you know his constant catchphrase was "keep buggering on." 
and this sense that um and then i and i quote one of the family groups i i looked at michael jebson who who's sort of danish german family they uh sort of trading business uh it's now in the fourth fifth generation out of hong kong singapore um and and you know i quote him and he was saying in august 1945 he said the main thing is that we survive and uh and i think the message from from these families is is that there is always hope you know if you can survive this hope uh simon yeah i would like to comment on this uh, perseverance i definitely uh, identify with the, with this one uh, in addition of being managing director of Family Business Norway, I'm also from a family business myself. Uh, I'm a second generation uh, owner of a maritime uh, company. We are ship owners and we've already been in a crisis for, for five years. Um, the majority of our, our vessels are supporting the, uh, the, the oil industry. So when the, the oil price dropped in 2014, um, that was starting off a crisis for uh, in our sake. Uh, in 2015, uh, there was new, no new contracts, uh, cancellation of existing contracts, uh, and and quickly a portion of our fleet was in, in, in layoff. And my sister, uh, who's the CEO of our company, she has a as a mantra that she's repeating all the time that we are ship owners in um, with infinite uh, perspective. Uh, and she's repeating it so many times, so I'm starting repeating it as well. And it's uh, it's definitely uh, an ambition that the whole family is uniting the whole family and we all stand behind it yeah and i actually think maybe persistence is a is a generic characteristics with family businesses not just in time of crisis that we mm -hmm. do find that we are when you look behind successful family businesses you find owners who work very hard uh, i it's agree a, it's a it's a critical differentiation <clears throat> of the family business sector. This is very personal. This is family capital invested in our businesses. We almost have no choice but to persevere. If you're an employee of a business and it's your career, you know, of course that's a tragedy and of course you want to keep your job, but you can move on. If you're a owner of a family business and you've got one or more generations of capital that's been invested and built up, nurtured, uh, you don't have a choice. So, so this this perseverance that that that, uh, that John and Simone have talked about is absolutely a fundamental characteristic of family businesses. That's not to say that they have uh, a right to survive, and it's not to say that they have a critical advantage. But their nature is very different. The nature of family businesses, the fact that that we those of us are descendants have been entrusted with this capital and it's our job to find our way through this. So there is a very strong determination amongst owners to, to, to keep going. And I think this, this perseverance shouldn't be underestimated. That also links in very much to the other takeaways, uh, which, you know, came out of my, my reading was the sort of intangible assets and the human assets. So, as Alex and Simone were saying, this this strong sense of values. You know, one of the key values is the way uh, the family groups look after its its family and also the employees. Mm. And that, uh, what is interesting is that you see that demonstrated during during uh, during the war and before the war. And I give examples in the article, but then that also benefits benefited the families coming out of the crisis because they were able to restart their businesses 
very quickly because they had those networks of trusted people and they had you know the employees who kept the offices open no matter what um and uh one of the things i flag up here uh, under the intangible assets is uh the whole idea of reputation um and i think because the reputation is something that is you know family builds over many generations based on the values and a crisis is potentially very damaging to reputation and uh so under the entrepreneurship takeaway i mean there will be opportunity but i think families and indeed any investor will need to be careful that it, it takes advantage of those opportunities in the right way um not to be seen as you know rapacious asset strippers yeah. i think another point i'd add there russ is is um i'm sure one of the points well linked to perseverance is the is the ability of families to think long term uh, it's one of our critical advantages yeah. uh, in one of the very few advantages we have in fact and i think that uh that the uh the some of the rather unfortunate behaviors we've seen um which have damaged some businesses reputation the things have taken place over the last week is is all about short term and it's all about short term just not knowing how to respond and and you've got to be sympathetic i'm sure lots of things that that happened weren't really thought through but the opportunity for family businesses i think is is to we all understand we are in this for for the long term therefore uh we do need to pause before making short-term decisions even if they look like they're the right thing to do in the short term and i think that associated with that um, a very strong theme that comes through it's all about the way that, that we learn about the challenges and opportunities in running our businesses is having effective governance in place governance itself is is a place where the owners can go or the managers can go to talk about what needs to be done it's the internal safe place to have discussions about what might be done in the short term and the medium term and it gives gives an opportunity for a, for a sounding board it's it, it's absolutely critical that that owners find a place to think long hard and carefully with others to give them feedback and i think that the the networks that the that the fbn and the ifb can provide is all part of that is, is feeding that governance process with information and perspectives and it's a it's a it's of course um we can see short-term solutions that might be attractive right now but again one of our key advantages is to is to think and plan for the long term and we should take advantage of that and so what are, what are the other key points from the um article john on, on in terms of takeaways from what history has shown us um well the other one uh was uh diversification um and uh it's i mean from looking at the histories i have it's clear that the families who were more diversified came through the the war in a, in a better shape because they were you know they they had more flexibility in what they how they could respond to the crisis mm -hmm. and i mean that's one of our central uh, uh messages from our our research is that we feel that the, the sort of thick model the family investment company model where you have a portfolio of businesses and assets 
is, is a very uh, compelling model for sort of long-term family survival. Right. Because you're not, because clearly at the moment, if you're in certain sectors, uh, you know, your entire business is, is shut down as, as, as we've discussed already. Mm-hmm. Other sectors, it's not the case. Uh, clearly in the, in the Second World War, if you went, I mean, I think everyone was, was affected, but you know, if, if you were more diverse, you had, you had more opportunities to respond. I mean, if you were just in the steel or coal business, like the Vendels were, uh, you know, and the, and the, uh, you get invaded and all your factories get appropriated. That's it. I mean, that's, uh-huh. you know, but if you, if you're more diverse, like, uh, like the Jebsons or the Ackerman Van Haar, and then you had other investments, other interests around the world, then you better able to respond to that. Mm-hmm. So do you want to, to add something on that point? Yes, I do would like to add something on diversification because it is very painful to be in a be in a crisis, but uh, you also learn a lot. And uh, one of the things that I've learned during the the past five years in the in the crisis that our uh, maritime company has struggled with is is the importance of having resources outside our core business. Um, because when we were in the situation that we, we couldn't uh, pay for uh, debt installments uh, and in the negotiation with the bank, we had to install new, new equity. Uh, and luckily we had resources outside the core business. So we still, we still are 100% owners of, uh, of our company. And to be responsible owners, we need to have, to have resources outside to, to support uh, our core business. Mm. It's, it's a... Uh probability i think that as a family goes through generations that the capacity or indeed the propensity to diversify will increase the more generations they've been around simply because businesses go through cycle if they've done one in in one they may be entrepreneurial they may be entrepreneurial that they may put uh, other assets in other places and so it's, so it's a kind of luxury, I think, that, that it's a necessity if a family is to endure through multiple generations, but it's a kind of luxury and maybe a surprise if businesses in their first generation have managed to achieve that. There's a, a phrase I like, which is moving from a family business to a business family. And I think that, that sort of echoes the point around diversification is moving it away from um, that. And perhaps now's the time for, for some of the next generation and the rising generation within family businesses to start thinking, okay, how can I diversify and, and use the the capital that's been built built within the family to go, okay, what what sectors and areas can I diversify into myself to to spread the risk for future um, generations? Uh, I think to the final takeaway, I mean get, getting organized is, is one of our takeaways, and Alex has already mentioned that this importance of governance and having clear roles for the family and the family in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that's a sine qua non of, of family business anyway, but I mean it's it's sort of it's sort of magnified in times of crisis. Yeah. And and the the final point is which which again picks up Alex's point about a lot more falling to the shoulders of the owners during times of crisis, is the point of leadership. Um, and and we discussed this in our report and also in luck. I mean, you, you when you interview families and look at their history the ones that prosper and survive seem to have had a succession of lead, very good, strong leaders. And you think, oh, that's lucky. Then you think, well, perhaps it's not lucky. It's, this, again, comes out of the culture of the family, the sort of you know, hardworking, uh, committed culture, which, which a, a family business needs to survive. And that speaks to another point about sort of 
leadership and and ownership and i think it's also really critical that we don't make rash decisions in this and i was talking to a young next generation member of a, a family business not in the uk and he'd had to lead his family through a crisis and he said that you know time is is something you think you don't have in a crisis but if you if you think you have an hour you probably have a day if you think you have a day you probably have 48 hours so take that time to, to just step back and and look at the decisions you're about to make and you know involve the family involve your owners and now is a time to really reach out and whether you have governance structures or, or not now is the time to communicate you may have owners who'd be able to contribute in ways they haven't before talk to the people in your business or talk to other families this crisis has leveled the playing field. everybody is facing it uh, and john a, a final word from you well keep buggering on <laughs> as winston churchill said you know there, there are these fundamental aspects of family businesses which give us their ability to be resilient mm. and to keep buggering on kbo kbo there we go kbo we're we'll speaking to you again soon thank you Thank you, Russ. Thanks. And bye, everybody. Nice to see you. Yeah, bye. Tack till Simone Möxter från Family Business Norway, Elisabeth Bagger, daglig ledare i Institute of Family Business, Alex Scott, styremedlem i Family Business Network International, och de pratat med Russ Haworth som lager till vanlig The Family Business podcast. Du hör nu på i familjen en podcastserie om det och eie en bedrift laget av Family Business Norway. Jag heter Christian Lydemarstrander och lovet dig och uppsummera de syv punkterna som John Lermont mener gör att familjebedrifter klarer sig genom kriser. Kan historien lära oss hvordan vi bäst möjligt kan takle krisen vi står upp i dag? Første punkt är er entreprenörskap. De familjebedrifterna som klarte sig genom andra världskrig var flexible och tillpassat sig raskt den nya krisesituationen. Ett exempel här i Norge är er nå akvitteproducenten Arcus. De ska nå byna och producera honsprit och levere det, siden det är er manko på det i samfunnen akkurat nu. Det som kännetecknar en familjebedrift som klarer sig genom en krise, är er alltså de som klarer att se möjligheter i motgången. Punkt 2 är er uthållenhet. Aldrig ge upp. Stå på och jobb hårt. Det lönar sig alltid. Och det kännetecknar också familjebedrifter som klarer sig genom krisesituationer. Punkt 3. Ta vare på de ansatte. Undersökelsen till John Lermont visar att familjebedrifter har en väldigt god tradition med att se sina ansatte som en del av familjen och sørg för att upprätthålla det under krisetiden. Husk også att bedriften din betyder mycket för lokalsamhället och klarer du att holde de ansatte och lokalsamhället med dig på laget i krisetider så står du mycket starkare efter krisen. För då har du ett nätverk av tillit runt dig. Och detta nätverk av tillit det kännetecknar familjebedrifter som klarer sig genom en krise. Punkt 4 är er, ta vare på kulturen i bedriften din. De familjebedrifterna som klarte sig genom andra världskrig tvihållt på vad 
bedriften stod för av värdier och var byggd på, selv om det var fryktligt vanskligt mitt i krisesituationen. Så tro och stol på kulturen som ligger i familjebedriften. Punkt 5. Diversifiering. Spre ägerrisken din. De familjebedriftene som överlever kriser har fler ben att stå på i flera branscher. Punkt 6. Organisering. De familjebedriftene som har tydliga riktlinjer när det gäller formalisering av ägarskap, formaliseringen av hvordan bedriften er bygget upp. De har större chanser till att överleva vanskliga kriser. Bruk och len dig på familje- och bedriftsstrukturen som är er blivit bygget upp. Det letter arbete genom en krise. Och sista punkt 7 handlar om ledelse. Det och klara och välja en god leder för bedriften. Undersökelserna till John Lermont visar att en god familjebedriftskultur ofta välger gode ledare. Och välger du gode ledare, då är er det god chans för att du också klarar dig genom kriser. Det var en kort uppsummering av John Lermans sina syv fällestreck ved familjebedrifter som klarte sig genom andra världskrig. Och disse punkterna fra historien kan kanske också hjälpa din bedrift till att klara sig genom krisen vi står i nu. Du har nettopp hört första episoden av I familjen, en podcastserie om det att eie en bedrift, laget av Lydeproduktioner för Family Business Norway. Jag heter Christian Lyder Marstrander. Har du frågor till något av det du har hört i den episoden? Så kan du sända en e-post till post@familybusinessnorway.no.